0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Genesis 19 and it's really the uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah story being where they get destroyed. So before we start reading, let's go ahead and uh, go to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your your love, your salvation, your grace, and your mercies. I thank you for your encouragement and your strength. I just lift up this time. I praise you for it. I pray that you'd help us to understand what we should take away from this reading. I pray that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits would be totally open to you and that our our spirits would be in tune with you, Holy Spirit, and that you would be the one who speaks to us. That it be you, not me, who speaks the message. And we understand what we need to know. It's in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. So Sodom and Gomorrah, what a what a pit of despicableness! It really is where Satan was reigning. Um, there's a lot to be said about it. Um, just reading some of the some of the um, some of the, the commentaries that I've been doing and that I've been reading, where they talk about homosexual practice had been become a dominant way of life in Sodom. Such text in Leviticus and uh, reveal that homosexuality had become one of the common perversions of the Canaanites. Attempted rape here in Sodom and Canaanite culture had had descended into the added depths of sexual violence. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, down to the last man, surrounded the house. So it's apparent that in Sodom, homosexual and bisexual men like the men pledged to Lot's daughters eagerly participated in the communal rape of visiting men the celebrated critic of old testament scholar gerard von rod writes one must think of the heavenly messengers as young men in their prime whose beauty and particularly whose beauty particularly incited evil desire in canaan where civilization at that time was already old sexual aberrations were quite in vogue this was especially true in the Canaanite culture of the fertility gods, Baal and Astart, which was erotic and orgastic at times. So it's interesting that you know M- Moses makes sure that, he, because he's the writer of Genesis, that he actually talks about that you have the men, both young and old, all the people to the last men surrounding it. So it's, it's really crazy because when you think about it, in the culture at the time, safety to strangers was paramount. And visitors were taken care of. They are offered great hospitality. And yet here in this city, they had started to not offer that hospitality. They went to such lengths that they were going to commit evil deeds and abuse, physical abuse, to these two. So as we read, let's start with, Chapter 19, verse 1. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. So what's interesting here is God's not there. God is there. He's everywhere omnipresent. But they don't talk about him because it's the two angels who are there. When he saw them, he got up to meet them. (coughs) Excuse me. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face face to the ground. My lords, he said, Please turn, away, turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. So you notice the progression of Lot. Lot originally just parked his tent near Sodom. Then he moved into Sodom. And now he's sitting by one of the gates. He's right there. So he's obviously a prominent person within the city of Sodom. And you don't have a home Near a gate, where people first come in, and and you you see them. If you're not prominent and wealthy. No, they answered. We'll spend the night in the square. So he offered them the tr- traditional, um. The traditional, um, good graces, good grace, and and whatnot, of coming into this house. Again, visitors are given and shown the hospitality, and. Yet they said no. Why? You know, that was kind of interesting for him. No, they answered, we'll spend the night in the square. Lot knowing it's not going to be safe. He in, but he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. One commentator said, basically, they forced him and drug him. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men of every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you liked with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof." So here was a prominent citizen saying, no, knowing that these men didn't want women, he offered his daughters, which is still kind of, I don't know, as a father of two daughters, I think it's kind of jacked up, but not understanding the culture of the days and what insights he had. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's what, what he did. Verse nine, get out of our way. They replied, this fellow came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place the outcry of the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. You see, even though Abraham negotiated, God knew what the outcome was. He knew there was no one righteous in there except for Lot. So he He could let Abraham barter him down. But Abraham even knew, I'm sure by the way, God said it, that the place was going to be destroyed. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were Pledge to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Hmm. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. So so think about Lot as you know, I think about him as me. So I get saved, and I'm thankful. I'm excited. And then I go out into the world as I had been before, but I don't go to Sodom. I don't go to the places where I used to sin, but eventually I get closer to them, and I get closer and closer until suddenly I'm living in that city. Just, just like lot. And then not only am I living there in that sinful state, then I'm prominent. I'm really good at this sinful stuff. People around me understand I'm good at it. Whatever it might be. Is that? I mean, that's the way I look at sin. And the progression that is so easy to fall into. I'm saved. But I don't really listen to God all that much. I don't go to church all the time. I don't read my Bible daily. Eventually, I start thinking about those things that I enjoyed. And that I used to do. And I look at him. I think about it. Then eventually I'm right next to it. And then suddenly I'm doing it. And then I'm right back to where I was. That's how sin so quickly and easily gets us to slip back to it. And I look at that. And then I just, I'm like, oh my goodness. And all of a sudden I don't recognize who I am as a son of God. Instead, I just look at myself and become disgusted. Thankfully, we then hear a message like the two angels saying, take your wife, take yourself, flee what you're doing. Stop doing that thing and flee. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the wife, hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. The only time I can I get out of sin when I've started back down that path is when God grabs a hold of me and pulls me out. And otherwise, I sit mired in it. Now it may not be the sin I was committing, but, but now it's disgust with myself. And now that just gets me even more depressed and deeper into it. So this is the story of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah is such a good example for me anyways of how I slip and how easy it is. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. He'd become a city guy. He didn't know how to survive in the mountains. Look, here's a small town. Near enough to run to and its and it is small, let me flee to it. it is very small, isn't it? then my life will be spared. he said to them, he said to him ve- that's the angel speaking now, very well, I will grant you this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town of the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down, burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah, from the Lord out to the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. You can't look back on your sin. Whenever I look back on my sin, I get closer to it. When I look back on those habits that were terrible, I get closer to them. That's why we have to keep our eyes forward. Why I have to keep my eyes forward. Otherwise, I just fall back into the trap. Early the next morning, Abraham got up up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the, the land on the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain he remembered Abraham and he brought out he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and and settled in the mountains for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. So he listened to God's advice uh, finally, right? God initially said go to the mountains. And he said no, I've got a better plan. Well then, he realized he had to go to but go to the mountains. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said, this part is just bizarre. One day the older daughter said to the younger, our father is old and there is no man around, around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's, go to, let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down and when she got up. Wow, he must have been drinking hard. Um, The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, Last night, I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight, and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. What a great rationalization, right? When you're sinning, when I'm sinning, I'm great at it. I rationalize the heck out of things. I'm so good at rationalizations. In fact, I don't know if I can make it through a whole day without at least one good quality rationalization. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their dad. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a, had a son and she named him ben He is the father of the Ammonites of today. So what a story of screwed up morals and people, right? You have a city that's just completely degenerate. They, when people come into town, they rape them and beat them. When the the daughters are are supernaturally saved. They see the city get destroyed for their bad behavior. They still have the ability. Well, number one, the mom can't stop looking back and obey. So she looks back to her sin and to the sinful life they had. And she winds up a pillar of salt. Then after all of that, the two daughters are like, hey, our husbands-to-be all got killed. And uh, we don't have anyone to go and have babies with. So let's get dad drunk. I mean... My goodness gracious, if this isn't an example of what happens when we move closer and closer to our sin, we move back to our sin, then we're rescued from our sin. But if we don't keep our eyes on God, how much worse things can get. Anyways, that's just, it's such a good story and it's a good reminder for us, for me, to not stop looking forward and surrounding myself with him versus looking back to where I've been in my sin. With that, let's go ahead and open uh, or close up with uh, prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your insights. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for talking to us. I just pray that these words would go out and be fruitful and that we'd be able to apply them and use them, that we'd keep away from our sin, that we wouldn't look back And we wouldn't go in, think about it and make things worse. I just pray for your, your will to be done in our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.